Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me. On the Word Podcast, we're continuing our examination of the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the fifth chapter, uh, really still at the beginning of it, of what people often call the Sermon on the Mount. Again, let's drop that sermon part, okay? Jesus went up to the Mount. He was there. He sat down. The crowds had gathered around him. The disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he began to teach. And we've already covered the first 12 verses, what he taught. Blessed are the... And then he talked about those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, the gentle, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure, those that are peacemakers, those that are persecuted. (laughs) He says, all of you will be blessed because guess what? You're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. You're going to inherit the earth. You're going to be comforted. You're going to be satisfied and seeking for that uh, righteousness. Uh, Those who persecute you, don't worry about it because the prophets that came before you were persecuted in the same way. You will inherit the kingdom of heaven. He continues on, verse 13. Jesus is still speaking. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So he's talking to this crowd, and there's all sorts of questions that pop into my mind over this, you know? Particularly those of us in the Western church in our mindset, we want to sit there and say, well, were they saved yet? <laughs> it's a great question. But it's not that point in time yet, you know. So who's he speaking of, the you here? He's among his Jewish brethren here, folks. That's who's here. Now, you had Gentiles that, you know, that would uh, hang out at the temple. Yeah, you had a court of the Gentiles, okay? They were the God-fearers. They knew that the God of the Jews was the true God, but they were not Jew themselves. So he's speaking to his fellow brethren. He's speaking to the fellow Jews, and he's explaining some things about it. He says, you're the salt of the earth. And he says, but if salt becomes tasteless, what good is it? Salt's actually amazing stuff. And that little picture, that metaphor is carried all through the Scripture. Yes, we think of salt being used from the point of view of flavoring, right? And particularly we as believers in the New Covenant, we do bring flavoring. We bring all these things I'm about to mention. But even the Jewish people were doing the same thing prior to the time of the coming of the Lord. Salt brings flavoring. Salt is also a preservative. Is it not? Yeah. Salt's also used for medicinal purposes. Medicine. Quite often. Salt's actually used in cooking. It's used in manufacturing, the creating of certain products because of the way that salt interacts with other chemicals and things. Salt is very, very important. But if salt, in this example right here, Jesus says, if it's tasteless, how can it be made salty again? In other words, it's lost its purpose. It's lost its point. He says, it is no longer good for anything except to be trampled out, thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You can use it for the road. You can make roads out of the salt. You can kill vegetation with salt, the clearer things, clearer path. Then Jesus picks up another picture, verse 14. You are the light of the world. So he's telling these Jewish folks, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You need to be behaving like it. You need to be acting like it. And they would soon learn that their anticipation of a Messiah coming had come to fruition 
and Messiah was standing there before them, teaching them. Well, in this case, sitting there before him on the mountain, right? So, Jesus, again, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, verse 15, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So he's telling them who they are. He says, you're literally the light unto the world. You're a light in the midst of all this darkness. When you light a lamp, you don't put it under a basket, do you? No, you put it in the lampstand up there where the light can go out and be dispersed throughout the house in the best way to make the best use of it. He exhorts them then in verse 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So he's teaching them. He's showing them how to live. He's giving them insight into who they are. And, you know, this kind of teaching just absolutely floored them, flabbergasted them. Uh, later on, as a matter of fact, much later on, uh, there's a group of uh, Roman soldiers that are sent to arrest Jesus, and they don't do it. And they come back, and the guy says, hey, where is he? Where is he? And, and the Roman soldiers, the Gentile soldiers says, hey, nobody ever spoke like this guy. <laughs> what did that mean? That meant they heard him. They experienced him. And they said, no one taught like this. The next verse, which we'll pick up in the next episode, he's going to start talking about the law and the prophets because he knew what was going through their mind. He knew what they had been taught, you know, by the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, all these folks. He knew what they had been taught. And, you know, you can teach the law. You can teach the truth of the new covenant. And you can bludgeon somebody with your eight-pound study Bible. You can teach that truth and beat them over the head and not do it in love. But when the Lord was sitting there saying, you're the salt of the earth, don't become tasteless. When he says, you're the light of the world, don't you hide that light. Let it shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So he's saying, you shine as you're supposed to as the children of the Lord. And people will look at it and they'll say, hey, something's going on. They'll see these good works that are coming out because of who you are, not good works of glorifying yourself, not good works of exalting yourself, that pharisaical type of thing, but good works that will glorify your Father who is in heaven. You know, after sitting there telling them, blessed are these folks, blessed are the ones who do this, blessed are the ones, and then saying, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the earth, of the world, they were absolutely dumbfounded. You know, a lot of times people say, well, I can't imagine what was going on. It had been so noisy, everybody on the hillside. <laughs> I think when Jesus started speaking, there was a holy hush that came when he's speaking forth literally these words of life. Now, last thought here. A lot of times people say, well, that's great and that's wonderful. That's for them. But is this really for us? Oh, yeah, this is definitely for us. All the blessing this. All the salt of the earth, the light of the world. The bulk of this whole discourse, of this whole teaching that Jesus gives, uh, really chapter 6 and chapter 7, Jesus is telling them, don't be anxious for anything. 
Don't worry. Don't fret. Realize who you are. We'll see that in the next few episodes as we go, right? Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.